Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. No's and can'ts and of course nots have to be our greatest motivator and our greatest teacher. When someone tells you no, I believe it means that the thing that you are working on must exist, right? Um, And that... The problem with it or the problem with their perspective on it is that they are only seeing how things are. They're not seeing how things ought to be. Sometimes there's validity in the no, right? And we get more no's throughout our lives, throughout our days than we get yeses. That's an absolute fact. There is a lesson in every no and can't that we will ever receive. And it's our ability to sit with that, process it, take the lessons out of it. In many cases, tweak the ask, the request, the idea, the pitch until it lands more squarely. When you really see the end goal and you see that this thing that you're working on has to happen, then you really need to turn those no's into motivators and and continue to press on. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. So, Thibaut, our first half of this conversation was so deep that I, I we got to the end of it and told you that there's no way we could do this in one part. So we decided to do this episode as a two-parter so that we could spend the second part talking about the principles in the book. And I think the very first principle in the epilogue that you talk about is this whole idea of your comfort zone. And you say that we often learn better after being scared when our senses are heightened and after we've experienced survival mode, how we react defines our ability to get diverse perspectives, to walk in the shoes of others and put ourselves in positions to learn different ways of seeing things. And one thing that I have seen over and over and over uh, as I've talked to people, I've seen it in my own life, I've seen it with friends and family. The boundary of the comfort zone seems to get smaller and smaller with age. And yeah, in some cases, that's valid because you have so much more to lose. You know, when you have a family, risk takes on a, a much more bigger meaning because you know, you're not just responsible for yourself. But how do we develop the capacity to keep stretching the boundaries of our comfort zone, knowing simultaneously that you have real responsibilities? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. And I was on a um, panel yesterday and a a very similar topic came up. And I think I was reminded in that conversation that you alluded to this. We are born uh, outside of our comfort zone. And with every day that passes, with every year that goes by, that comfort zone gets tighter and tighter and tighter until we're at this place where we just literally can't get out of it. We don't want to get out of it or we forgot to get out of it. As young kids, we live outside of it, right? We're constantly pushing that edge and that boundary. So it's a, it's a, it's a really good question. I I think that, um, I think we need to rely on great leadership to always show us the way. And I'm sure a lot of the people listening here fit into that role, that leadership role. And, you know, it's, it's kind of our responsibility to lead by example. And one of the, one of the words that, that comes up a lot 
uh, in that kind of push to get out of our comfort zone is, is I wonder, you know, we, we spend our entire days wondering. And, and I think the, the difference between those of us who get stuck in our comfort zones and those who are constantly pushing ourselves out is taking that wonder to the next level. Talked a little bit about this earlier in the interview too. You've got kind of two choices in life. You can spend your whole life wondering, or you could spend your whole life wondering and taking that first next step towards answering the question that you're wondering about, right? And, and obviously taking that step is going to lead to wondering something else. It's going to lead to wondering something else and continuous, a, a whole new set of questions are, are going to arise. And I think that that's, I think that's key uh, for, for us pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I remember one of the things I wrote in my first book was that speculation has never been the catalyst for turning ideas into reality, because so often I will have people who will ask me all these different questions about you know, doing something they want to do. And my answer almost always, is, I have no idea. I don't know. And like, because you're asking questions about something that hasn't happened yet. The only way to do this is to find out. Uh, and then I will have answers for you because I can't, you know, predict the future any better than anybody else can. I can kind of guide you, but the only way you're going to find out is by doing this thing that you say you want to do. Srini, I want to tell you a story and, and your comment just really reminded me of that. Um, so when I was getting ready to leave Peace Players and leave South Africa for good and come back to the States and try to find my next path, I had, I was exhausted, right? I was mentally drained. I just put my heart and soul for the last six years into the most incredible thing that I'd ever been a part of. I was sad that I was leaving. I didn't know what I was moving on towards. The whole thing felt really, really uncomfortable. And so I settled into this like monster Boeing 747 flight back to South from South Africa to DC is 16 hours. And I kind of settled into my window seat and put my head against the window. And I, and I fell asleep before the flight was fully loaded before the flight took off. And I don't know, maybe a couple hours in the flight, the seatbelt sign went off or some ding woke me up and I kind of come to, and I sit up and there's this young kid sitting down next to me. I looked to be about 12 years old. He's reading this big fat book and I love talking to people, right? If you're on a 16 hour flight and you're sitting down next to me, you better be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) You better be prepared to share because we're going deep. You know, we're going to be soulmates by the end, or you'll have asked the flight attendant to change seats. So, (laughs) so I extend my hand and I introduce myself to the boy, Sam Tebow. And he, he closes his book as if he's ready to talk to, and he introduces himself as Simon. And we start this fascinating conversation about what he's doing in South Africa and on his way back to the States. And one of my favorite questions to ask people is if I had a time capsule, right? A machine you could get into and plug in any kind of date to go back in time to any time period, what time period would you go back to? And I've heard the coolest answers throughout my life. I, some people want to go back to be cavemen. Some people want to go back to the medieval ages. Some people want to go back to the sixties. Everybody's got their own kind of like fun idea of what time period they like to experience. And I find my window within this conversation with Simon to ask him this question, this 12-year-old kid. And as if he knew I was going to ask him, without flinching, he says, I'd go back to the time period of Nazi Germany. And I'm convinced I have misunderstood him, that there's some noise on the airplane, that, that, that there's no way that that's what he's just said. So I asked him to repeat himself. And again, without flinching, he says, yeah, I'd go back, use your time capsule to go back to the time period of Nazi Germany because I feel like I would have had a chance to stop Adolf Hitler. Wow. And it was such a powerful comment because I have wondered my entire life, right? If I had grown up as a white boy in a white family during in the deep South during the time period of slavery, even if my family had believed in slavery, would I have had the strength and mental fortitude to stand up for what I thought was right, you know? And then I kind of brushed it aside. And and then, and then having spent so much time in South Africa, I'd ask myself that same question. I mean, if I'd grown up as a white boy in a white family during the apartheid regime, would I have had the strength to stand up for what was right? And I had always said, there's no such thing as a what if question. And there's no such thing as a time capsule question. So why am I wasting my time asking myself these questions? And what Simon in the immediacy of that moment helped me realize is that um, this is the moment that we're alive today, right? And that I was convinced that, and I'm convinced today that 50 years from now, two people are going to be sitting on an airplane 
And one of them is going to turn to the other and ask that stupid time capsule question. And that person is going to say, I wish I could have gone back to 2022 to have been more involved in the struggle for Black Lives Matter or to have been more involved in the research for the pandemic that's going on or for the inequalities that exist in our public school systems throughout our country. And we can't walk through life in our comfort zones, right? And this is exactly what you had alluded to in your in your your comment. And Simon, in that moment, changed my life completely. And in that moment, I decided that I would never, ever, ever sit on the sidelines, that I would never sit there wondering inside my own bubble um, what else someone else might be doing uh, or cheering from the sidelines, that if I wasn't a part of the solution, then I was an active part of the problem. And uh, your, your, your question really reminded me of that, that incredible experience with that young 12-year-old kid that really shaped my life. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Now, well, speaking of 12-year-old kids and uh, you know education inequality, I know that uh, your dad uh, left real estate to go work in, in the public school system. And one of the things that you talk about as principles is purpose. And I want to approach this purpose question from a different angle than the one that we typically approach it from, because typically what do we do when we talk about purpose? We think about start with why Simon Sinek, but I want to look at this from the standpoint of education, because I don't know about you, but when I hear these conversations now about things like purpose and meaning and work. And I think about 
you know, 20 year old Srini at Berkeley and responding to those kinds of comments or questions. I would have been like, this all sounds like a bunch of new age bullshit. Why would anybody talk about this? But now looking back in retrospect, I realize that that is missing from every aspect of our education system. We teach people how to be competent at things like math and science and reading and what writing or whatever it is that, you know, you have to do to get through school. But there's literally not a single conversation about what your purpose in life is. Like, I don't ever remember from kindergarten to graduating from Berkeley, having a single conversation about life purpose. And I wonder, having had your you know dad be in the public education system after working in real estate and having two kids, how you think about purpose and the role it should play in education now. It's... I've never thought about that question before because growing up, the word purpose wasn't thrown around the way that it is. You know, we were uh, much more inside of the box of that you found a career. And I'm not talking about my generation, although we, we certainly, you know, my early forties and um, it, the, the generation under me certainly moves around a lot more, but for my dad's generation, as he was raising us, you were kind of hired at 21 years old and he's pretty much stayed at that company for life. So the quest to find our purpose and make sure that every moment of our life is in this soul fulfilling space, I think is a bit of a, a new conversation. And Simon Sinek certainly opened up our eyes to that. I think that education needs to be done completely differently, right? Um, and a, a good friend of mine um, is a black woman that has created this incredible technology, is this this app around wellness. And it, the conversation was very similar: is that it is as important today that kids understand wellness, especially in our inner cities wellness and mental health uh, as it is that they learn to read and write uh, and do math. And our education system hasn't turned that corner yet. We're so stuck in our box of how kids learn and what is important for them to learn that we're missing out on how education has evolved and what are the key components for our kids to live well-balanced, healthy lives, right? And at the core of that is wellness and mental and, and, and mental well-being. Uh, a b- big part of that too is purpose. And, and I've never thought about it in the context of which you phrased it is why isn't it a part of our ongoing education curriculum at very young ages and certainly uh, the older we get? Um, and, and why isn't it a, at the heart of that? So I don't have the answer to it. Uh, other than it should become a part of where we start the conversations. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good 10 and 12 year old kid now. And our kids hear about it all of the time. You know, and both my wife and I are blessed to have the work that we do be a, con- a total extension of our lives to the point that they're, they're so blended that you, you almost don't know which one of the two you're in, whether you're, you're working, loving, living, uh, they're, they're, they're all in this like seamless pattern and total alignment with purpose. And while we don't preach it to our kids, it, they're growing up with two parents who are role models of health, well, mental well-being, and, uh, and living a purposeful life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned your kids because that was literally going to be my follow-up is, is, you know, thinking about sort of what the future of your own kids' education looks like. I mean, I think that your kids are getting uh, a very sort of distinctive education, uh, not unlike myself. I mean, I was in a lot of ways, very fortunate that my parents dragged me around the world as a kid. And I remember having this conversation with my sister a couple of months back, she was visiting. She's like, you got to stop complaining about the fact that they dragged you around the world. She said, you know what? She's like, it's happened. And you know, my parents uprooted me after high school and that was or right after freshman year in high school. And that was really disruptive, uh, as a, an adolescent. And I finally realized when my sister said that, you know what? You're right. They gave me one gift that I don't think you can put a price on. They made me a citizen of the world. And I think that I wouldn't even be able to do what I do if it hadn't been for that experience. Uh, but outside of the travel aspect of this and, you know, sort of letting your kids see you, uh, you know, as an example of what life could be, what else 
are you doing in terms of education, in terms of structure and you know, how they fit into our formal education system? Or are you not even putting them through that at all? How my kids fit into the formal education system? Yeah. 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 Look, I mean, are you, are you asking if my, like, if my kids go to school? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, you've had a dad who worked in our public school system as well as, you know, you've had this opportunity to raise kids in a way that you know, is not normal, having showed them different cultures, having them had in different countries. But I wonder, you know, what role traditional education plays in the lives of the way that you're educating your kids? It's a it's a it's a wonderful question. Again, I, I've never I've never thought about it in that context. And to a certain extent, we're somewhat going through the motions, right? Our kids go to school because they society tells us that they will, and we haven't found a a, a different way to to do it. Um, I happen to love the school that they're at because I feel like it pushes them out of their comfort zones and and uh, and and challenges them to think outside of the box, which is really neat. But one of the things that I feel like I do have good control over. Um, and I actually got in a huge argument with my parents and my 12 year old son yesterday about this is college education, you know, and I've been very clear to both of my kids that like, I'm not paying for them to go to college. (laughs) Um, and, and that as a matter of fact, I would rather take the money that I would have invested in them going to college for four years and give them that to travel around the world because there is no greater teacher than our planet. There is no greater teacher than walking in the shoes of other people in dozens of different cultures and understanding how wrong we have it, how much there is to learn. And I think that that's the greatest gift that I could possibly give my kids. I'm blessed to be able to show them the experience of travel now, but they're doing it within the privilege of the confinement of the safety of traveling with me. You know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't until I set out on my own got lost on my own, made, made enormous mistakes on my own that I, uh, that I really began to understand, right? There's a difference between going on vacation. And again, we don't really like travel that way. So when, when we go someplace, um, we'll make sure that our kids get a couple days in the local school. Right. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and sit, sit, sit through that experience and, and, and hopefully learn from it. But I, I, I feel like we are in the, and I'm a I'm a fan of it. I think it's important for kids to get that that infrastructure and structure of the kind of school traditional school system today. No, but w- the model that needs to change is higher education. Um, and if they want they want to make that if that's a leap that they want to do, they're on, they're on their own. I'll invest in travel, but I won't invest in higher education. It's funny to hear you say it because my dad's a college professor, so yeah, I'm sure he. You know, we, I'm sure I've had this argument with my dad as well. Um, one other thing I wonder uh, is about inequality in public education because you've had a front row seat to it in a way that most of us probably now never will. Given that your dad worked in the Baltimore public school system, you've built seawall. What do we not see when? people like me go to school in the suburbs? Like, what is the reality of these kids who go to schools in, in you know, urban er- areas that where things are really rough? Like, what's the difference between the way that people are educated in suburbs and, you know, inner cities? There's no heating system. There's no cooling system. Wow. You can't drink out of the water. You have to walk through a meta- metal detector to get into school. Even that doesn't stop guns from entering and knives from entering the building. You're in classrooms with 30 to 40 people, oftentimes with a substitute teacher. It's it's criminal. Uh, and the stark differences between the county and the city are very real. And, you know, we're putting teachers in positions to fail, you know, so much of what we've done at Seawall over the last 15 years is to try to roll out the red carpet for the people doing the most important work in our cities, anybody focused on kids and education. So it's providing discounted apartments for teachers and collaborative office space for nonprofits focused on public education. Um, And even with those things, just showing up every day is an enormous ask. Um, And and, and that's that's of the staff. Let, let alone the kids, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't imagine uh, that uh, I, I couldn't imagine showing up in, in those conditions and actually learning. It's no wonder that the graduation rates are as low as they are and the dropout rates are as, 
as they are and that there's as, there's as much trauma as, as exists in, in our urban public education system. It's criminal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I remember once uh, I remember writing something about sort of the inequality that we, we deal with on Facebook once somebody said, yeah, you know what? Everybody has a tr uh, chance to make changes. You know, we're all given an equal opportunity to do that. It's like, no, we're not. That's bullshit. We are not given an equal opportunity. You, you know, you and I both grow up in privileged circumstances. We didn't go to schools where somebody was potentially going to shoot us or you know, grow up in the hood with bullets whizzing by us. Like we had it easy in comparison. So to say, oh, these people end up in prison because of their own choices. I don't entirely agree with that. I think they get such a rough start to begin with. It's almost like you set them up to fail. So how can we as a society blame them for where they've ended up? Yeah. And it's such a, such a heavy conversation because the failing schools are one thing. Um, but too many times we, we see it every day in the work that we do too many times these kids don't have the fan, the, the family and the love and the support and the infrastructure at home and think about what they've been dealing with, with COVID, right? No Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi, um, no parent in the home to make sure that the sixth graders on zoom for kindergarten, right? Like 
try having my 10 year old sit down in front of zoom for an entire day supervised, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the, the inequalities are, are, are so insurmountable at this point. Hmm. Let's talk about this idea of shared ownership, which is another thing that you talk about. Um, I think that what's fascinating to me about this concept of shared ownership is that we live in this sort of celebrity self-obsessed world where people like you and I get to be in the spotlight. We get to basically be the ones that give the talks, write the books. You're the one who you know is on the radar of President Obama for doing Seawall. But you make a very, very you know distinctive point about the importance of shared ownership when it comes to all of this, despite the fact that you're the person in the spotlight. So how do people who are in positions like the ones you are and I and not let their egos prevent them from turning into like a John DeLorean? Look, it's a, it's a conscious decision, right? And I think when you, you look at the facts behind it and you look at what motivates us as human beings, right? We all want to feel like we're a part of something larger than ourselves. You know, when it's the difference between owning a car and renting a car, you know, when you rent a car on vacation, you take very good care of that car, take as good care of it as you would if uh, you owned it When you rent an apartment versus own a home, you know, how much more love and attention to detail and how much more committed are you to the thing that you actually own? And in leadership positions, we have the ability to keep all of that ownership for ourselves and be very clear about how that infrastructure is going to work within our organizations. Or we have the opportunity to understand that as we are bringing new ideas to life, a couple things. One is that we can never claim ownership of those ideas because we'll just stunt their growth. And two, understanding that the more people who feel like that they have a sense of pride of ownership and authorship in what is getting created the more that idea is going to be propelled forward and at a significantly faster rate. It's, it's interesting. I, uh, I give a lot of my friends who start companies a hard time, right? So if I, if I meet somebody and they ask them what they do and they show, they give me their business card and they're, you know, they're, they're launching some new product or company. And the business card says president and CEO, you know, Chris Tucker, president and CEO. And I'm always like, you're the president and CEO of what? A one person company, you know, um, <laughs> what, 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 what culture have you just created for the f- first person that's going to join you? There's going to be a very clear hierarchy of who's going to get paid if this succeeds, who makes all of the decisions, um, and who, is poised to win at the end of the day. And look, I really do believe in organizational structure as companies begin to grow. But at the early stages of the growth of those ideas, those are the most critical. Those are when you have the opportunity to really take off. And the more humble we can be about that, the more inclusive we can be about that, and the more people who we can share that sense of pride of ownership and authorship, and the more successful that idea is going to be a hundred percent of the time. So it's been something that I've noticed in my work around the world, my work back here in Baltimore. Um, and, and, and look, it's, it's really what I really talk about in this book is how, how do we help to turn small ideas into powerful and impactful movements when our egos get in the way. And when we're clear that the, that the idea came from us and that the decisions are going to come from us, we squash the creativity and the love that is going to propel these ideas forward. And I'm really quite passionate about that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it definitely struck me because we had uh, a guy named Will Storr here who wrote a book called Selfie, How We've Become Self-Obsessed and what it's, what it's Doing to Us. And I see this all day long on Instagram, right, where it's just a constant sort of parade of people's accomplishments. It's like, look at me, look at how awesome I am. Look at how amazing I am. And of course, you know, this is just the highlight reels of people's lives. Um, When you talk to your kids about the sort of social media celebrity obsessed world, um, what is, what is your message to them? Like, how do you have them think about the the world that they're growing up in where everybody has a smartphone and everybody can be quote unquote internet famous and often famous for no reason other than being famous. How do you prevent your kids from getting trapped, you know, falling down that rabbit hole of self-obsession. 
It's, it's a great question. It's something that I struggle with. Um, I have been opposed to social media since it began to come out. And only recently within the last two years as I've had the book come out and as I've had the podcast that I've started to, to dive into it. And, you know, I, I use it to highlight the stories of others as they impact my life, right? Which is how I believe it should be used. But you're right. When you scroll through, it's a hundred percent me, me, me. Look at how great I am. And, you know, my, uh, my, my wife is avid on social media. And so now I've got a, got 10, 12 year old kids that each have, that, that have a shared Instagram account. It's called double trouble bros. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and look, they're in a very pure place where they're posting, uh, videos of themselves surfing and skating and, you know, snowboarding and doing all the things that like young kids should be, but they're clearly using it to show others their accomplishments. And I think the lesson in it, and as, as you know, we begin to, to work with them in this, and again, it's hopefully they see it by us leading by example with how we're using social media to change and improve the world and not promote ourselves between my wife and I. And that over time, hopefully that starts to seep in. Um, but at this point, it's a, it's an open-ended question for our, for our family. I, I, I wish I, I had a good answer. Um, and, and, and it's going to be a true test of this theory that you and I have talked about. Do you sit your kids down and tell them how they should do it? Why it's bad to promote themselves? Why it's bad to, um, use it as in an egocentric way, which is going to be completely over their head. Right. And it's going to be the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's going to be again, their parents lecturing, or do you let them over time struggle with it, mess up because it's going to be sloppy, use it to kind of show off and have their friends see how cool they are riding inside a barrel or doing some sick air. Um, and eventually come around and say, this doesn't feel in service to how I'm being raised. This isn't how my mom uses it. This isn't how my dad uses it. And hopefully they make the turn that way on their own. Yeah. Well, I've been known to ask questions that have no answers. So <laughs> you're not alone in, in having to, to answer these kinds of questions. Um, let's talk about this whole idea of, uh, being told no and using no's as motivations, because I think that a lot of people at the first sign of being told no, uh, conclude that their efforts are all, all in vain. And there was no point, you know, like why bother? They stop right at that first hurdle, whether it's a no, I mean, and you know, we're using no as an example, but I think it's any obstacle in general could be perceived as a no. Yeah, look, no, no's have to be no's and can'ts and of course nots have to be our greatest motivator and our greatest teacher, right? When someone tells you no, I believe it means that the thing that you are working on must exist, right? Um, and that the problem with it is, or the problem with their perspective on it is that they are only seeing how things are. They're not seeing how things ought to be. And at the same time, we have to approach that no with like humility, right? Like I can't stand the people who like barge through a no. Um, they're like, oh, after, absolutely not. I'm not going to accept this no. I'm going to go above your head and I'm going to, um, I'm going to muscle ma my way through this, right? That is, there's nothing inclusive in that approach. There is a lesson in every no and can't that we will ever receive. And it's our ability to sit with that, process it, take the lessons out of it. In many cases, tweak the ask, the request, the idea, the pitch um, until it lands, until it lands more squarely with, uh, with whoever we're looking for that approval for. So um, look, look, we, we get more no's throughout our lives, throughout our days than we get yeses. And that's an absolute fact. Um, and uh, again, our ability to use those to propel us forward um, to teach us important lessons and to eventually get to yeses are, uh, are critical. And look, yeah. some, sometimes there's, there's validity in the no, right. And, you know, we, I'll pitch an idea almost every single day with our team. Uh, and I go in and in a very humble way, I'm like, look, I, this, this thing that I'm going to propose is going to cost more money. It's going to take more time. Um, and I'm not even sure if it's right or not. 
And, uh, you know, we, th- we throw it out there in that context, which kind of levels the playing field, right? It's, it's, it's not like this has to happen. It's, um, th- th- this could be relevant. And, and what do you all think? And we'll have some good conversations around it. Um, but look, when, when you really see the end goal and you see that this thing that you're working on has to happen, th- th- then you really need to turn those no's into motivators and, and continue to press on. No. Well, <clears throat> let's finish by talking about this idea of uh, love and the role that it plays in your ability to do this, because you say there are people in your life who have wronged you, who are advocating against something you stand for. Some of them are public figures. Others are people who you work with or know in your personal life. Pick one of these individuals, ideally the one whom you have the toughest time mustering love for. And the next time you come across that person or that person's words or work, see if you can imagine that person differently. And then you say, if you can look at that person as a human being with a unique individual history, trauma, and agenda, then ask yourself if you can love that person and be grateful to be able to learn from each other. After all, love is the oxygen. All great ideas need to keep growing and growing. Yeah, I really believe that we as a society have shied away from the word love and the power and impact that it has. You know, growing up in high school, I don't know if it was this way for you, but, you know, when you really fell in love and your friends found out and that you had told your girlfriend you loved her, it was the, it was that you had dropped the L-bomb as if it was this like nuclear, (laughs) as if it was this nuclear thing that like, yeah, you you should stay away from at all costs. And I think I carried a lot of that forward uh, and it, and it hurt relationships and, um, and, uh, and really kind of slowed down growth for me personally, both, uh, personally and professionally. And I think one of my greatest lessons around this was there's a, there was a, an individual in a community group that was adamantly opposed to what the neighborhood was trying to move forward. And we were a part of helping to move this, this project forward. And this person did everything in their power to make sure that this idea that we were collectively working on failed. There was nothing that we could possibly do to get get passed around, have this person be uh, on, on our side and on in an agreement with what the pro- proposed project was. Um, and I got to the point where I was just, it was really eating me up um, because I was feeling so much like hatred and anger and anger and resentment towards this person. And, and I was beginning to use their tactics right? I was beginning to uh, address them in the way that they were addressing me and kind of fight fire with fire. And I remember my wife sitting me down and saying that I was really missing the point and that my perspective was completely off and that I had lost my ability to deeply love everybody that I come into contact with. Which is, I think, one of been, been one of my like greatest qualities throughout life. But I, in that moment, had lost it, and as a result, the work and the project and the opportunity was suffering. And you know, with that coaching and guidance from my, my my amazing wife, I completely shifted my focus, and I tried to understand this individual's perspective in a different way, wh- wh- why they were coming at it the way that they were, um, and it. I don't want to say that it changed the relationship. Um, but it changed the approach and it changed the overall direction that I ended up taking, which ended up being really critical in uh, the movement that ended up being created that would allow the project to move forward despite this person not being on board. And I think love was the biggest differentiator in that process. So it was a, a really important lesson for me at a really pivotal moment in time. Um, and it's something that I, I really like to talk about now because I had been uncomfortable with that word for so long and it is at the heart of everything that we do today as a, as a company and as a family. And I, I just think it's critical. Mm, amazing. Well, I have two final questions for you. Uh, the first is about money, wealth, and success. You've accomplished things in your life that most people probably, a lot of people probably won't in their lifetime. And I wonder, 
you know, with age and with everything that you've accomplished thus far, how your definition of what it means to be successful has changed? I don't know that my definition of success has ever changed. I think my acceptance of success is what's changed. So I have always been afraid of and embarrassed by success. I remember growing up, you know, my family was in the real estate business. I went to private school. I traveled in the summers. Incredible privilege, right? I remember when I would introduce myself to somebody, I would never tell them my last name because I didn't want them to begin to make assumptions of who I was based on what my last name was. And it was something that I always hid from. I was really uncomfortable with it, which is why the traveling and figuring things out on my own was so important. And it was the idea of success was something that I always shied away from and made me uncomfortable. Right. I, I knew what it, I knew what it was, um, kind of monetarily. I knew what it was personally, uh, philosophically, but it was something that I uh, always kind of pushed aside and never really wanted to talk about or deal with, you know, to the point that anytime that I would get called or there'd be a request to do an interview or there'd be a quest, a request to speak speak on something, I would always pass along the opportunity to somebody else within our organization. Um, you know, if there was a newspaper article that was going to get written about the work that we were doing, I never wanted to be in it. Um, if there was a magazine article or a TV or radio interview, I never wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to make sure that it was, it was everybody else because I was so uncomfortable in that position. And I, I think the, uh, the, the real shift and the, and the realization was around the importance of my role within the work that we've been doing. Um, and that it really does need to kind of be shared equally. And I think that's been a real neat turning opportunity for me. I, you know, I, I still love sharing the, the spotlight and the opportunity and I do it every single opportunity that I can. And at the same time, there are times where it's more important, it's more relevant for the message to come directly from me. And I've fully embraced that at this point and, uh, and the, the success that, uh, and, the, and the spotlight that comes as, as a result of it. Amazing. Well, I have one final question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews uh, at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? That, that's the question. What do you think it is that makes someone do something unmistakable? What is it that makes somebody or something unmistakable? An ability to embrace fear as an absolute motivator, because we all have fear it shows up every single day. And we're going to do one of two things with it. We're going to let it motivate us and push us forward make us more curious, wonder more, have deeper conversations, explore things more thoroughly and continue to find the path forward or it's going to freeze us in our tracks and send us back into our darkest places. And something, the quality that makes us unmistakable is our ability to embrace that fear as a motivator and push us forward. Amazing. Uh, well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story, your wisdom, and your insights with our listeners. This has been just absolutely thought-provoking and beautiful and eye-opening. Where can people find out more about you, your work, the book, and everything you're up to? Yeah, thanks, Srini. And, and been a part of so many podcast conversations over the years, and I don't know that I've been with a more thoughtful host. These were hard questions the clips that you pulled in, you are, you are incredible at this and the world is blessed to have you using your platform to bring these, these conversations. And I'm, I'm just grateful to have been a part of it. So you can find me at uh, tbomannequin.com. It's T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T, mannequin, M-A-N-E-K-I-N.com. The book is called Larger Than Yourself. It's available at any of your, any place you buy books, Amazon for sure, Barnes and Noble and can be ordered through your local bookshops. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn as well at uh, Tebow Mannequin. 
Amazing. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.